Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we, your servants, your children, are bowed in your holy presence. As we come, we come with the greatest attempt to do it your way. For you said, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal the land. Father, that's exactly why we are here humbling ourselves before you, asking that you cause us, your children, and those who will become your children, to have godly sorrow for having sinned and sinning and are sinning against you, our holy creator who has made a way for each of us to become his children in and through the sacrifice of his son, the Lamb of God, Jesus, the Christ. He bore it all for us on Calvary's cross. And after interceding for each of us, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, he laid his head in the locks of his shoulder and gave up the ghost. After saying, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, he died. And it's written that he died once for all, after having invited all to come unto him with being laden and heavy, wearied and heavy laden, and he promised to give rest to our souls. He invited all because all have sinned and come short of his glory. Father, please forgive us and have mercy upon our souls. Touch us right now to obey you in hearing what the spirit of the O God will be saying unto us through your servant John, the minister of the hour. And as we hear from you, let us heed to do thy will, O God, according to your instructions in righteousness. And right now, we the saints, in the authority of Jesus' name, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead, take authority over you, Satan, your host. We bind you, your works, and cancel all your assignments. In Jesus' mighty name, we command you back to the bottomless pit. For right now, we permit you not to speak, move, steal, nor destroy any of us, nor anyone connected with us in the body of Christ. And now, Father, we've obeyed you and taken authority over the enemy. Now rise up big in us who sent your word to heal us, your living word, Jesus, and deliver us from all destructions. That's why no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we thank you that you watch over your word to perform it. Perform it now 
in our behalf. In Jesus' name, we pray with grateful hearts. We say thank God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. I just want to thank God for all that he does and all that he's doing because he is so very good. And if not for the good Lord, then you know, where would we be? And it's with that. I just want to come before you very briefly tonight um, to really just give thanks to the Lord and to remind us, we the saints, we the family, about, you know, those things that are actually important, right? We talked about it within the past several weeks about how sometimes we as people, we get all caught up in the different things that go on in our lives, the events, the problems, the issues, the ups, the downs, the et cetera. But let us take today to simply refocus on that thing that is most important, the thing that um, Martha questioned the good Lord himself about as she was preparing a meal and Mary was sitting at the master's feet. Martha came up to Jesus and asked her, you know, Lord, how is this fair? I'm working my fingers to the bone. And here she is just kind of chilling out, you know, freeloading. What's up with that? And Jesus responds to her simply by saying that she's focused on the thing that matters most. The one thing that actually matters in this life. And because of that, it won't be taken from her. It will not, it cannot, no ifs, ands, or buts, point blank, period. What is that thing that Jesus was referencing? Well, simply himself. There is but one important thing in this life, and that is the Lord himself, okay? We were put here with a purpose. Our purpose was to give him praise, right? The original praise leader sold himself out because, let's just be honest, he's an idiot, you know, he got a little too too high on self and thought that he was greater than God, as if the creation could ever be better than the one that created it. So he got kicked out and there was a vacancy left in heaven. And instead of, you know, just fulfilling it immediately, the great love that God encompasses because he is love had a splendid idea amongst the counsel of himself. As we do, you know, we'll sit down and we'll have these long thought out processes amongst our mind, right? Where we come at it from different angles and try to rationalize stuff. But in God's perspective, way better because he is holy and perfect. So you have the almighty father, you have our savior uh, to be. But as Revelation tells us, Jesus's body, the lamb slain for eternity, meaning he was always prepared to give his life for you and for me because he knew what was going to happen. And then his perfect will, the Holy Spirit, the essence of who God is and everything that we love and adore about him. I had this wonderful conversation and said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness, right? And when God did that, he gave us dominion and authority over all the the animals of the the land, sea, and air. And he gave us a job to do, to tend to the garden and to be fruitful and multiply, right? 
And in that multiplication process, there would become a incalculable number to human standards of, of you and me, right? Of this big human race that we call brothers and sisters. And we would be designed to give God praise, right? That's our duty. That's simply what we're put here for, to give the Lord praise simply because he deserves it. And in this life of ours, sometimes we go through things and we slack on the job, right? There are days where we may not pray as much as we should. There are days where we may not study the scripture as much as we should, you know? There are days in our lives because of the different issues that we're facing that we may not honestly check in with each other enough, you know? And I want to simply remind you that if you're saved and you're a human, it's okay. Now, one of those things may be a question mark, the if you're saved part, because we're all people, right? But at any point through your Christian journey, whether you just started, you've been walking on it for a little bit, you're 50 plus years into the job, don't care. We're still sometimes all too human. But the beautiful thing about this human condition of ours, right, is the simple fact that no matter how old we get, how much God pours into us, for us to comprehend the scriptures from all these multiple angles, right? That we still have room to grow. And that honestly is my favorite part about this relationship that we share with God. Because no matter how far I go, no matter how far God has brought me, there's still just that much more left for me to go until the day he takes me home. And I appreciate that because it always means I have something to strive for. I can look back and I can say, yes, God has brought me through all of these things so he can bring you through it too. But that's the simplicity inside of this relationship when we stop making it complex. It's all about Jesus, right? That's it. It's it's him. He's the reason why we're saved in the first place, because he made us right within himself to himself. Only something the literal God can do. And then after saving us, he sanctifies us, right? Which is our growth process inside of him to where we stop looking like us and start looking more like him. We just keep the same name. But the beautiful part about that is, is that when we, as the older gospel song says, make ourselves available to God, well, what happens? When you're available, that means you're at service and are ready to be used by God, meaning you understand the importance of who Jesus is. He is God Almighty. (laughs) Let's just let's just put that out there. okay? And then when you say, Lord, I am available to you, that means, God, I know your will is perfect. I may not always understand it, but I don't need to because I know the outcome. We win. And with that, Lord, I want you to use me, your child, your student, your servant, your vessel, your microphone, your whatever you need me to be in order to help 
promote your will and to get it done. That way, other people around my life, in my life, and anywhere else adjacent to it that see me won't be seeing me, but that they will see you, Lord. So that when they say, well, hey, I've heard about you or the people that knew about you already, like, you know, you're different. Well, glory be to God, because it's my relationship with him that was able to get me here to where I need to be today. So I say all of this to say, to simply remind you that whatever we go through in this life, that it's okay to experience it, to be there in the moment. But what's not okay is to lose sight of the prize. And his name is Jesus. Jesus is the one that got you through all the previous trials, storms, tribulations, tests, the traps that the enemy tried to set before you, the traps that you yourself set before yourself, because we're our biggest enemy 10 times out of 10. He delivered you from it all. He brought you through it all. He got you off the sick bed. I don't know how many times he helped keep your brain intact so you didn't go mentally insane. He kept you emotionally intact so you're not this ticking time bomb that's ready to cry, be angry, go up and down, go through bipolar tantrums or almost look schizophrenic. God saved you from all these things. So can't he get you through the next part? The word that I shared with you guys last week was simply to be still and wait. Know that I am God. The Lord himself said that he would bring forth glory to his own name, that all the nations would know that he is God and that the Lord of heaven's armies has made this declaration so you already know it's going to come to pass. That word, be still and wait, it's just like how <clears throat> scripture describes the word itself, that it is a dual-edged sword, that it cuts both in front and back. It divides between the bone, the marrow, the spirit, and it shows the inner workings of the mind. But the beautiful thing about having to wait on God, like we talked about last week, is that it helps you hyper focus on Jesus himself. Because when you are told literally to just sit there, and you can't do another thing but legitimately sit here and wait on God, right? Well, what do you do? We've talked about waiting on God is a proactive thing. You do the last thing God told you to do, right? If that's to pray, to study, to, you know, serve in some capacity at some place or with a group of people or to a particular person or whatever it is that God has set before you to do, your be still and wait in that proactive time is to do just that. Now, I get it. We get cabin fever. We get antsy. We want to move around. Sometimes we forget and we end up pulling a Peter here and there where we start to get bold enough in the wrong way and we begin to want to try to tell God how to do his job. Oh, well, maybe if I do this or that, <laughs> let's let's remember what the word says. Be still and wait. Right. It's OK to get these 
beautiful ideas of ours, right? But let's act on what God said to do. God said to be still, to wait, to just slow your roll. I got this. You know how that dependable person in your life, when you go to them with an issue and they, and they tell you that they got it, they'll handle it. You know, you, you just kind of relax and however long it takes them, whether it's quick or it takes a little bit because they update you, you don't worry because you know, when they say they got you based off of their track record, you're going to get the results that you need, right? Not necessarily the results that you want in some cases, but you'll get exactly what you need. So as the Bible tells us about how parents, even ungodly ones, can give a good gift to their child and so much more so can our heavenly father bless us, right? Well, if you have some problem solvers in your life, let me remind you that they're able to solve those problems so effectively because of God in their lives, right? They're focused on the prize himself. So when the source comes to you directly, Jesus says, be still. I got this. I'll handle it. Don't try to put a time frame on what God does. Just trust the process. As someone who just recently graduated from where it seems like all of my tests and trials and tribulations were years at a time, and now God has put me in this accelerated program to where my battles are like this. And at first it was very hectic because God, I don't know how to deal with these quick two minute rounds that you got me. And I'm used to slugging it out 12 rounds. We're fighting for eight minutes at a time. I know it sounds unrealistic, but that's just what I was used to. Okay. That was my accustomed thing. But now God has me in this accelerated program and you know what it's been teaching me? Exactly this word I gave you guys last week, a word that I've been sitting on for two weeks now to just be still and wait, because what happens in the process is like I've already told you, we begin to hyper focus on our savior, right? When you're just solely focused on God, well, It's like when Peter beckoned to Jesus about walking on the water, he was hyper focused on Jesus and he went straight to him. But then what happened? Life got in the way. Right. And it began to broaden his horizon in the worst way. And he began to sink because he began to doubt what God could do. All Jesus really wants from you is the thing that he told us was our only job to obey him. Well, when you obey him, obedience causes you to stay focused, right? That doesn't mean that as a person, you don't have your questions, you don't have your concerns here and there, because we're people and sometimes we want some instant gratification. I'm not telling you to stop being human. I'm promoting you to just trust your father that much more, okay? Because faith smaller than this, as the Bible says, the size of a mustard seed, I don't even have anything small enough to show you to make the comparison, can move mountains. And as beautiful granny said, um, I believe to me yesterday that when 
you begin to talk to the mountain, the flesh, the the enemies all around us, Satan himself. They don't like when you take authority because they have to submit. When the name Jesus is uttered, every knee has to bow. Every tongue has to confess that he alone is Lord, that there is no other name by which people can be saved except that great name Jesus that the Bible continues to say that your true identity is wrapped up inside of who Jesus is that the fullness of God still in Colossians here was all I guess picturized is the word I'm looking for but the example was made clear of what 100% God and 100% person can look like because Jesus is that he was fully you and me a person he's he he had to sleep he had to eat he had to drink water he you know he he sweat because it was hot in the desert. He went through all the things we went through, yet he did not sin because he was 100% God. And so the example is, is that when you really just let God into your life, it's a whole lot easier to go through the, the trappings that life tries to offer you. Don't you think when Jesus was fasting in the, the wilderness for 40 days and for 40 nights, that he was incredibly hungry? and thirsty and tired and just drained and ready to say, you know what, I'm going back. But my favorite thing about when that story is told in the Bible, I believe it's in the book of Mark, but don't don't quote me here. But out of one of the canons of the gospel, it says that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to go do that just for you and for me. So that when temptation tries to rear its ugly head, that like the book of James says, we can count it all joy because we're not worried about the issues that we're facing with. But instead, we're focused on Jesus. Jesus got through the different things that Satan tried to tempt him with, not just because he was 100% God, but because he used the word accordingly. The Bible tells us to use our weapons of spiritual warfare, right? That they are not carnal, but they're spiritual. They're not made out of flesh and blood like you and me. It's not built like a weapon made out of iron and different elements from the planet, but they all stem from God himself. So when Jesus, who is the word, decides decides that he wants to start swinging in a certain direction, well, what can you do except get out the way or get cut up and torn to pieces? So when Jesus spoke to rebuke the enemy, what did he do? He used the word that man does not live by bread alone, right? We don't just fill our bodies to get full, but we feed our spirits because the spirit is the one driving the body. How do you feed your spirit? You focus on Jesus. You see where I'm going with this? That the when we're going through different things, right, and we need God to deliver us, we don't throw ourselves in harm's way to tempt God to move because who are we to tempt God? God cannot be tempted, so surely he does not tempt us. But instead, we pray 
through the situation that instead of God, I'm going to jump. I need you to save me. No, Father, I'm going through exceedingly difficult times. So I need your strength. I need your wisdom to guide me through. But how do we get there? We got to be still and trust God to do his thing. Being still in a spiritual perspective is to proactively move around the camp, right? If you've been with me long enough, we do word study here, right? And the word abide in the Greek means to proactively move within the encampment of God's love. If we summarize it, right? So when God says that I will abide in you and you will abide in me, what Jesus is saying is that he will proactively move throughout your life and vice versa. You proactively will move around in his spirit and in his power in order to accomplish the things that you need to get done. The biggest of which is to be patient. (laughs) patience is a true virtue one of which I thank God for that he flexes with us the most because we mess up I don't know how many times throughout the course of a day and yet he's patient with us to give us grace and mercy though so that we can continue to grow and move forward that as me and granny had a conversation uh, I believe yesterday or the day before it's that when God looks at you and decides to honor the grace and mercy in your life. He's not even looking at you, the person he's looking at Jesus because it's his blood stained banner that covers us. It's his blood that washes our sins away that though they're red like crimson, as the Bible says, he washes us whiter than snow. He purifies us each and every time that we pray and we ask for forgiveness, that when forgiveness is given, he not only forgives the sin, but he erases the sin because it hasn't happened in his eyesight anymore. Right. That when we, as me and granny also talked about, when we are forgiving one another, we need to do so in the same state as our father. Forgive it. Let it go push it to the side. You don't need to bring it back up because if you really forgave it the way that God forgives us, then the recollection of the the grievance never occurred in the first place because what does the Bible say about love? That it is patient, that it's kind, that it suffers a long time, that it endures all things. But how do we get there? We focus on God, right? We take a look at God Almighty. We focus on him. We make sure that everything that we're doing is coming from his love and not from self with some ulterior motive. That everything that we do is to focus on being more like Jesus. That's the whole purpose of reflecting our master, right? We're mirrors. We're supposed to be spitting images of our God because he's our source. And a mirror doesn't even function without a light source. And since Jesus is the light of this world and you're a mirror, the closer you get to God, the more you line your life up with what the scriptures say about how you should be living, 
because our God is holy and he demands that we're holy. That doesn't mean we be perfect, but that we make it our goal to look more like him. And the more we put forth the practice and the effort to look like Jesus, the easier it is to walk away from certain sins, the easier it is to just forgive, the easier it is for people to mistake us as doormats because they think we're we're fools or that we're weak because we allow certain things to happen. But baby, let me remind you that everything that God allows to happen that we think we're slick and get away with. There are so many times where he just gives us grace and place of justice. And in the same way, as I'm here to testify for you, that there are so many things that I've done in my life between childhood and to where I am today, that I knew I deserved justice. But my grandmother, my mom, gave me grace instead. And let me tell you, grace sometimes hurts 10 times worse than justice, because when you have someone that you love and you look up to and they're disappointed into you, oh, my God, that hurts way worse. But we don't even get a chance to get there until we begin to really focus on who Jesus is, what he wants to be in our life who he wants to be in our life and how he wants us to interact with each other. None of that happens until we learn how to focus on God, until we declutter our lives. That's the beautiful part about be still and wait. Because when you have to sit there and wrestle with yourself, when you have to just take the thoughts for what they are, that's the greatest part about this journey. Because I personally love a good fight. And in a good fight, it's just you and it's them. And because I know what Jesus said for us, that we are victorious, that the battle is not mine, but it's his, that it's already won, that I have the victory, that my name is victory because he is victory. Well, then I know I'm going to win the fight. So if you're afraid, because it's okay, we've all been there before. If you're afraid to deal with certain things, well, fear not. The Lord, our God, did not give you a spirit of fear, but he has made you courageous, that you are more than a conqueror, that one of my um, one of one of my late bishops favorite scriptures to quote was that the spirit of heaven well, not not the spirit, but the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That's that's us, y'all. It's a beautiful thing to use the power that God has given you to claim your birthright, your birthright in Jesus, because we are one essence with him, consubstantial. We are of the same essence. Our birthright is peace. It's prosperity. It's strength. It's breaking through. It's overcoming. It's actually growing. It's being an example to the ones underneath us spiritually so that we can keep uplifting one another, that where we fall weak, our brothers and sisters can uphold us, that where we're strong, we can do the same thing for the next person. And collectively, we can have a higher standard of spiritual living because it's all possible when we just focus on God. So again, like I told you, the reminder for tonight is to just focus on him.
Let's stop getting caught up in any and everything because it's not worth your time. It's not worth the amount of desk space that it tried to make on your brain. It's it's not worth the the trauma that the enemy is trying to carve out in your heart because he's already lost. And like I, I helped so many people come to understand and like granny has helped me so many times understand that Satan can't even move without first getting permission from God. And that when he is moving around like this, this is you, this is him. He doesn't even really get close to you when he's just moving around trying to get your attention. It's simply to try to throw you off course. But just like God told Satan when he was dealing with Job that you can't kill him. You can't. And when God gets you through that particular storm, trial, or tribulation, he puts a new hedge of protection around your life. And as you keep going through and overcoming, new hedges keep rising because at the center of your life is Jesus and you being a part of the root himself or now a branch. And what does a good garden look like? It has bushes or hedges that protect the innermost part of the garden so that critters and animals or thieves have a very difficult time trying to get toward the most valuable part of the garden. And you, being God's most valuable creation, simply need to be reminded that you're at the epicenter with him. That you're not somewhere off in the distance. You're not at the, the end of the garden or way over there. No, the good branches are usually those that are closest toward the center of the root. And in this case, since Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, we're right at the center of where God starts. And the beautiful part is, is that we're right there at the end of it with him, too. So focus on God, okay? Call out on that great name, Jesus. Let's stop getting wrapped up in the, the, the nitty gritty of the everyday. You know, let's just keep praying for one another. Let's actively listen for what God is trying to tell us. And let's keep moving the ball forward. We don't have time to get caught up in yesterday. It's already happened. Let's focus on today because like Jesus said, the evils of today are sufficient enough, therefore, meaning the issues that's going on right now, it's enough for your focus, right? But when today passes, let's just focus on the next day and whatever other day God permits us to see. We'll focus on the here and now with the intent to serve God in future tense too. Because as the Bible teaches us, a wise man numbers his days unto the Lord. And instead of looking to make your day or the next day that isn't even promised about something unscrupulous, something that has no benefit or merit to the kingdom of God or to your own spiritual self-growth. We instead say, if God permits me to see tomorrow, then I will do X, Y, and Z to make sure that another person has the ability to hear about that great name, Jesus, or that I can just be of some service to my God so that someone else can benefit too because that's what it's all about. So Heavenly Father, we simply come before you in prayer saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much that even though it's difficult at times, that it hurts, that sometimes we have to disconnect for a season, that God, when you say to just be still and know that I am God, 
if we make it more personal to know that you are our God, meaning you are our father, our Lord, our savior, our friend, our everything in between, that God, you mean just that, that you have our backs, Lord. That father, when we're put into these situations, they're not to hurt us, they're to prune us. Pruning is a process that through cutting something bad off, we're able to grow not just more, but to grow with better value. That father, in the same way a gardener prunes a a tree or a bush or a hedge or whatever it is that's growing a fruit or a product, when it's pruned, it's so that all the bad that would try to hurt the crop is done away with and it's thrown into the fire and that what's left is used to help the tree not only grow, but to produce more fruit. And so in the same instance in our lives, God, when you tell us to be still, to focus more on you, God, it's to prune us so that we can continue to grow, but to grow better so that our growth doesn't produce something that a baby plant would produce, but that it would match where we are in you, God so that we can produce more and more and more to fulfill what the scriptures say that because of our relationship with you god that because we are now saints in your kingdom that we would be just like what revelation talks about that we would be trees of life planted alongside the riverside so that our fruit could help save and heal the nations well god just like you said yourself what good is salt without flavor why would you have a lamp that produces light and then put it underneath the table instead of putting it up as high as you can so that everybody can benefit from its light source. Well, God, it's in the same way that when you put us in these beautiful situations to where we have to focus on you again, where we have to refocus because sometimes we veer off course a little bit that it's all designed to help us continue to grow, to produce better and more, and most importantly, to express your love one to another, to be an example, because sometimes the you inside of us, Jesus, is the only God that another person may ever see. So if they're going to see you and us, we might as well make it the best showing that they'll ever see so that they'll be convinced, just like Paul wrote throughout most of the New Testament, that the things we do and say, we're not doing it with ulterior motives. We're not using fancy words or collegiate speech or magic and witchcraft to try to convince, but we're simply doing what you told us to do and that is to love one another like you love us God it's a simple thing but yet so hard because of how just messy we as people can be but God I thank you so much that you are greater than anything that could happen in this life and greater than that old enemy of ours because that's just who you are Lord So, Father, I simply pray that everyone under the sound of your voice would be healed, Lord, that they would refocus on you in a way that they've never done before, that whatever people, places, ideas, ideologies, 
whatever would be pruned out of their lives so that they can be backed up against the wall to really trust in you, God, in a way that they've never trusted you before, to have some supernatural Elisha-esque faith, Lord, to where they say crazy things, but it comes to pass because we can just trust in you like that 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 would happen so that their fruit would proceed with volume and that their growth would continue to go forth unrestricted, God, that whatever bad things have been trying to happen in their lives, whatever attack and ploy from the enemy, that God, we pray forth spiritual crop failure because no weapon formed against us can prosper. The gates of hell cannot prevail. The enemy is already inflicted with the head wound and he's just sprawling about, bleeding, messing up the place. And Lord, we just send him back to the pits of hell from which he comes from because we plead your blood over all of our lives, God, because it's only you that can see us through. So Heavenly Father, we simply say thank you we love you and we will be sure to give your name all the praise all the honor and all the glory which you so rightly deserve it's these things we thank you for in jesus name we pray amen and amen hey family i pray the lesson has blessed you in some way shape form or fashion today each week we hold bible study on zoom and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you if something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.